0: Get ready?
1: Hello, hello, hello! Welcome to the Weekly Cooldown. I am Kami Jace, your host. And I'm Paul Henderson, your semi-regular guest-ish co-host. And if you're joining us for the first time, this is the show where we get to know the gaming news of the week, and we get to know our guest. It is episode 187 of the Weekly Cooldown, and it is May 5th. We are 13 away from 200... 200. Let me
0: tell you, um it's uh it, it got hot down here real fast. Did it? <laughs> yeah, it oh just Lord. everything lit on fire the moment spring hit.
1: Man. You know what lit on fire for me? My What's sinuses. Up?
0: <laughs> Woo! Yay allergies.
1: I um... Yeah. I'm on the tail end of it. Like, I actually forgot to take my allergy pill today, but I feel fine. Um, I'm going to take it later, but I feel fine right now.
0: We've just been getting fucking rocked with thunderstorms lately. Just, yeah. Like, we we get thunderstorms in the spring. Like, that normally happens, but, like, it's early and it's been happening a lot this year. It's been a a particularly turbulent spring so far. Lots of rain. Well, here's hoping summer doesn't suck. Yeah. Um...
1: We're going to jump right into these headlines. No, it's just going to be me and Paul today. Um, hey, we're it's just back us. back into the swing of things. As you may hey, or you know, may it's not been know. a hot
0: minute since we've done just a two yeah. of us podcast. They're always nice and chill. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, as you may or may not know, I got a new job, so I've been doing a lot of readjusting as i sneeze my way through the last two weeks (laughs) and also uh readjust to going into an office so uh it's just gonna be two of us but next week we'll have guests and the week after and the week after until episode 200 i'm excited
0: about episode 200 i don't know what it's gonna be actually i don't know what plans you have but
1: um great question i don't know what plans i have either but they will they will materialize eventually
0: 24-hour marathon live stream oh
1: my god i would i think i would die
0: it's happening I think I would die. I've decided.
1: We'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, we've got headlines. Let's get right into them. Uh, Capcom expects Street Fighter 6 to be a massive hit and is aiming for 10 million copies sold for the newest installment. Woo! In an interview with Famitsu, Capcom's president and COO Haruhiro Tsujimoto said that their experience in the digital field could bring them to that goal. According to PC Gamer, Street Fighter V sold about 7 million copies in its lifetime. Tekken 7 reached 10 million copies last December, December 2022. And Sujimoto said that other Capcom favorites like Resident Evil and Monster Hunter have been able to achieve this goal in their lifetimes as well. And expects no different from Street Fighter Six.
0: This has been such an insane resurgence from Capcom over yeah. the past few years. Just, it, it feels like it started with Street. I'm um, not Street Fighter. It started with um, Resident Evil Seven, and it's just been kind of banger after banger since then. Yeah, they're doing pretty good so far. Yeah. I say so
1: far because they have not remade my favorite Resident Evil yet. Code Veronica. That's correct.
0: <laughs> I still remember from D and OJ's. <laughs> A Pathfinder action RPG is on the way, courtesy of Paizo and BKOM Studios. BKOM is responsible for many titles. Is it BCom or BKOM?
1: I'm not sure.
0: I'm going to spell it out just because I can't technically be wrong. BKOM is responsible for many titles, including Age of Empires 4. We got a quick look at the trailer for the game, titled Pathfinder Abomination Vaults. We know the game is under development based on the first look, but BKOM is also launching a Kickstarter for the game pretty soon. The game is being described as a Diablo-like set with a Pathfinder Mega Dungeon setting as its backdrop. There is no word on the release date or when the campaign will officially go live, but excited fans can sign up to be notified when it is finally on Kickstarter. The latest
1: Super Mario Mario Bros. movie, which has grossed $678 million so far and has become the largest earning video game movie adaptation of all time, was for a time uploaded to Twitter by an account with a Twitter Blue subscription. Blue subscription members are allowed to upload videos up to an hour long and up to two gigabytes. So there were two posts for the Mm -hmm. entire movie. Uh, according to Forbes, nine million people viewed the movie through Twitter before it was ultimately removed, and we'll talk more about leaks after these headlines.
0: I kind of feel like Nintendo's just going to sue the fuck out of Twitter. Oh my God, yeah. I um, this is and a just a an- of people. Yeah, this is this is just another sign of the lack of oversight that Twitter has yeah. in Elon's running of the company. I mean, that's what happens when you sack 75% of your company and just take away all the protections that the website had built up over the past decade and a half. Like, Mm -hmm. this was kind of one of the inevitabilities of pulling a stunt like that (sighs) you don't know what he do. No, he really don't, though. But uh, finally, the video game showcase season is just about to be upon us. Rest in peace, E3. Uh, AAA developers and companies are slowly announcing their big looks at games coming soon for later this summer, like Microsoft's Xbox Game Showcase. Microsoft said that the next showcase will begin at 1 p.m. Eastern on June 11th and will be followed by a Starfield direct show that will dive into Bethesda's new sci-fi RPG, Starfield. Excited Bethesda fans can watch the show online. online on the day of microsoft has also confirmed that another showcase stream will run on june 13th and that in-person fan events are on the horizon as well
1: that's right and those are just some of the headlines for this week um again if you got any i missed any you want to talk about i think it's been a slow news week personally but if you uh you know if you see something out there just uh reach out communist gaming on twitter at or at wk cooldown on twitter as well
0: and I'm still on Twitter at Paul's Rockin' Twit for the time being until until yes. uh, either Germany or Nintendo shuts Twitter down. Yep, <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> one of the two. One of, of one of an increasing list of enemies that Twitter is 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 a uh, getting nation uh, worldwide rather.
1: <laughs> Let's name all the enemies: Nintendo, Germany, everyone currently using Twitter.
0: That's <laughs> Everyone who's currently affected by Twitter. So I like you updating the notes for Twitter. the stuff that we've already that I've already read that we're not going back to. <laughs> sorry, yeah. sorry. We, we whenever we record the podcast, uh, Jason and I have a shared doc open that we read stuff off of, and I'm just watching him tweak notes from things that I'm not going to read anymore. Yeah. that neither of us are going to read.
1: <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's that's a typo I did.
0: I should fix that.
1: <laughs> I fix it now after the fact. That's funny. Um, so,
0: um. Yeah. I guess we can just talk about what we've been playing this week huh
1: oh man what have you been playing this week uh
0: still more street fighter
1: <laughs> yeah <I laughs> a lot figured. lot
0: they I mean it really not that much has changed on that front i'm just fucking excited um i also went to did i talk about the blaze blue tournament i went to last no. week i don't think i had a chance to yeah i actually went to a, a blaze blue central fiction um local tournament last week i o2'd hard i mm. f- got fucking destroyed i'm not good at that game but it was no. a lot of fun just hanging out with a bunch of like-minded people um i did get to play with some other people who were a similar skill level to me as well and I got to teach them some stuff which was a lot of fun um also been playing some team fortress classic which I think I did bring up last really? week um yeah team fortress classic is a lot of fun um if I I, I can't remember if I did talk about it last week or, not, or last time I was on the show or not but if not um it's basically a mod for team fortress 2 which kind mm-hmm. of brings the game back to its base form it's not quite vanilla team fortress they're not exactly trying to do that but basically the idea is um what if Team Fortress um, development was sort of on a more... Baseline path where they didn't like add a ton of new weapons or a ton of cosmetics or stuff. It's 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 probably the closest you can get to a modern balanced version of vanilla Team Fortress. Hmm. They're not trying to make the game actually be vanilla. Um, there are alternate weapons, there are side grades, and there are some weapons that are pulled from the main game that aren't just vanilla weapons. Uh, there's also like upgraded models, upgraded graphics, all sorts of stuff like that. And uh, there's also new game modes that don't exist in the main Team Fortress, like for example, um, there is a four-team King of the Hill, which is super fun interesting Four. yeah, they, yeah they, they toss a green and yellow team into the mix and um you can end up on those teams and uh it's sort of a free-for-all everybody trying to get the the cap point i think it's actually relatively balanced it feels a little chaotic and maybe a little long in the tooth sometimes but
1: has there <coughs> ever been
0: a green and yellow team in any team fortress not the like original that's... team fortress i yeah, i i, feels I weird. not in the original team fortress 2 anyway um there may have been a yellow and green team in the original original team fortress team fortress mm. classic the 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 first one, but I don't. There has never been a yellow or green Team Fortress Two.
1: It's so weird in my yeah. brain because I've always seen them as red and
0: blue. And uh, yeah, so just it's just been a lot of fighting games for me. Um, I actually am getting another new controller because unfortunately the Retrobit controllers have not been working out for me. They've been Ooh. kind of breaking on me. Um, I'm not sure exactly what's going on. I could just get them warranty replaced. Apparently Retrobit has really good um, customer service, but mm. I kind of just don't want to deal with that whole process. So I'm just, I'm just getting a different controller. I'm getting a, a Hori Pad, which is another six-button controller that I'm going to be using for Street Fighter. And it seems like it's a little more consistent. And it's also compatible with PS5 without needing to use an extra dongle. So I'm definitely uh, going to be using that, especially if I go to tournaments and they're playing on PS5s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So that's what I've been up to. What about you, Jace? Oh, so <laughs> I...
1: Went back to Stardew Valley for a few oh,
0: days. Oh, same, actually.
1: Um, Yeah, I, I feel like Stardew Valley is the game that I go to when I know I'm going to be anxious for a while. Ah, uh, And so I fell back on that, and I've been playing that for a while. But then, for some reason, the I, I started thinking about the lore to Max Payne. Interesting. Just very randomly while I was like doing the dishes. And so I was like, I know all of Max Payne 2 almost by heart, and I don't think I know Max Payne 1 the mm. same way. So I've been playing Max Payne 1, uh the first Max Payne uh for a couple of days now actually, and uh the PC version uh m- like mechanically, technically does mm. not hold up very well. Um it needs sure. yeah. like third-party fixes, um things like that. But as a n- narratively as a game, it is like very middle of the road as far as mm. it holds up, but I still have a very like soft spot for it. So um, Max
0: Payne three, right?
1: Max Payne the one.
0: Oh the Max first, Payne the original. The first.
1: The ones, yeah. Um I'm I'm just I'm really digging it still. Um, despite it being like over twenty years old by now. <laughs> um and like I said, it and narratively there's some things in there, you know, some misogyny and some Uh, light homophobia I say light because it's not as bad as it very well could be Um, but it's still very enjoyable and um, it actually made me decide that during my streams that I do sometimes on twitch.tv slash comedy gaming I am going to start doing like nostalgia trips I'm going to do formative Fridays where I'm just going to go through games that like I've grown up playing ooh kind of chat about them while I go through them and discuss lore and story and all that I'll God, that's pretty chat.
0: fun. I need to figure out a way to stream the Sega Saturn in a way that isn't completely miserable. Because I've yeah. got a lot of I've got a lot of Sega ga- Saturn games that I really want to stream. Um, I've got like Fighting Vipers 2 and Fighters Megamix, And now that I like, I actually know how to play fighting games. I think <laughs> those would be a lot more interesting for me. Like for sure. I liked them when I was a kid when I was just fucking mashing buttons and doing the funny buttons. But like now that yeah, I, I, I actually fun. know how to play a fighting game, I think I can appreciate those games in a whole new light and for really sure. just have some fun with them. Yes. Um, Virtual fight uh, um, i'm sorry fighting vipers rather is an especially interesting one because um the the big sega fighting game series that did end up becoming the game that everybody knows is is virtual fighter and is dead or dead or alive's not um sega right
1: um no
0: i believe well no i think it is. is is it sega oh yeah dead or alive games not the band that's a band uh, yeah. no, it's, it's, a uh, team ninja. Koei, oh, Koei yeah. Th- okay. I, I was like, that's not Sega. Um, but, um, yeah. So virtual fighter kind of took off, but fighting vipers was a series that they, they only made two games in the, in the fighting vipers series, but it was kind of developed in parallel to, um, virtual fighter, virtual fighter, of course, is known as like being the first 3d fighting game with arenas kind of mm-hmm. like what s- sort of developed in parallel with Tekken, but virtual fighter was one of the first, I think. And yeah. fighting vipers was almost like a sister series to the game where, um, Instead of having like a limitless Or a ring out types of arenas It was like a boxed in arena Where you could like knock people against walls And you can kind of juggle people Kind of yeah. like modern, kind of like Tekken, Tekken a yeah. little bit And um, what was really interesting also Was the game also had an armor system Where if you beat somebody down enough They would actually, it would, yep. if you did a blowback move on them It would knock their armor off And they would take more damage I don't think it increased their mobility at all either So it was just like strictly a You've made your opponent weaker for the rest of the game Right um, and uh, it was just a really interesting time for Fighters, especially because um, there is a game that married the two series that I really like called Fighters Mega Mix. And Fighters Megamix, they took Fighting Vipers and Street Fighter, they took the cast from those games, mashed them together into one game, and they just had the two systems running in parallel with each other. It was yeah. super crazy. Like, the Fighting Vipers characters had armor, and the Virtual Fighter characters didn't. They just kind of threw the two games together and hoped the systems didn't mess up too right. bad. And also... Um, there were characters from Sonic the Fighters in it.
1: <laughs> there you
0: go. Specifically there. two characters, um that's and why, Bean. That's
1: hmm? why I was... That's really why I was like, of course it's a Sega game. Like, it mm-hmm. feels very much like Sega was like, this is our baby. uh uh-huh. But I yeah. guess maybe uh, maybe Tecmo and Team Ninja are very Sega adjacent.
0: They yeah I think it so. seems like
1: they do mostly Sega ish things. If that They're, makes sense.
0: Yeah, kind of. Especially back in the day, they kind of made similar types of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and That's also awesome. on the Sega Saturn, God, what else? Um, there's a game called Dark Savior, which I think I've talked about on the podcast before, but mm-hmm. it's an isometric top down. Everything game, mm-hmm, like it's mm-hmm. it's it's such an insane game. They like they couldn't decide what genre they wanted the game to be, so they just sort of made it every genre. It's like it's an RPG, it's a fighting game, it's an action game, it's a platformer, um, it's a racing game. At one point, like they, yep. they just sort of threw the kitchen sink at that game. Anyway, I'm sorry, I've I've just been sort of rambling. <laughs> no, you're good.
1: <laughs> but I um, it, it's making me think because like I've thought a little bit about what Formative of Fridays would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely want to play max Payne for people um both one and two because i think those are very formative to who i am as a human um but i'll but like beyond that i've been thinking like i definitely want to play metal gear for people i want to play tenshu for people and these are all very playstation games so i would have to get my ps2 and i would have to get the capture cards stuff and make sure that i can run a ps2 on my computer and um also like through through uh, twitch so I'm, I'm still like developing a list that maybe doesn't lean so heavily on the PlayStation and maybe I can use steam or something to help me facilitate because yeah. um, I mean you're talking about doing a uh, a Sega Saturn.
0: I think if I did do something like that, I would absolutely want to focus on the Sega Saturn just because, like in America, the Saturn was just not the console yeah. that it was in Europe. Like like Sega was a European company mm-hmm. for for some reason. That was like it was Japanese and it was European, but it never really took off in the States in the same way. And I think it would be really interesting to expose people, other like people in the states who didn't have that familiarity with the uh, Saturn. Um, to some of the more out there games, like I've got fucking Baku Baku Animal, um, which was a drop, which was a puzzle drop game, but mm-hmm. it was. Um, I remember that game specifically because. <laughs> I remember fucking Baku Baku Animal because there's a part in the game that has straight up untranslated Japanese, and it was the first time I had ever seen Japanese before, and I didn't realize that it was a foreign language. I thought it was something that was made up for the game.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I was
0: I was That's very amazing. young. I was very, very young. I didn't know that it was a foreign language. I just couldn't comprehend the symbols that I was seeing on screen. I was just like, this is some video game shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Amazing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um... I want to do, like, the Super Nintendo Harvest Moon. Yeah. That was a good one. Um, there's so many. So many games. So i got to figure out how I'm going to do all of this. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to revisiting my youth in a way.
0: The funny thing is, I, f- I feel like streams like that are going to become a lot more popular, like twenty years from now. Sure. Like just taking the long view, it's like once once we become like older adults and we're like in our forties and fifties, like these these Gen Alphas and Gen Betas are going to grow up and they're going to be like, I think there's going to be a newfound craving for like watching people play these old games, mm-hmm. like the people who were there playing these old games, like we're like presenting the past to the new generation or something. Yeah, yeah. I think there's going to be something there.
1: Well I'm gonna start uh, it's gonna start with me <laughs> I believe in you hooray I'm excited I'm really excited to start i mean i'm I'm mm. thinking about it already like Tenchu I remember I have this very vivid memory of loving Tenchu mm. because it was um it was so f- different to me than any other game that. I've have, have ever played, right? Um, this action stealth adventure where you're playing as ninjas and it's very g- gory even for a PlayStation 1 game mm. um, and I remember there was this uh, lunch aid um, a guy a, a, um, a man who looked a lot like me actually um, and I was talking openly, I must have been in kindergarten about Tenchu and how cool it is and all that stuff and i remember him looking down at me and saying that game is really violent are you playing that <laughs> and i was like yeah <laughs> so like it, it it still it it still has like a, a weird soft spot uh, a weird war- warm place uh, in my in my soul um, so i'm excited to really kind of jump in and, and get it started um,
0: that does sound like fun
1: formative fridays mm-hmm. whenever i feel like starting it <laughs> um we're gonna take a quick break because Is it that time in podcasts yeah, already? It is indeed.
0: Damn.
1: It's time to get started with the news story. So we're gonna take a quick break. Let you think about what games make up your formative Friday.
0: Let you think about what you've
1: done. That too. You naughty naughty child. You know what we'll, you did. <laughs> <laughs> you know what
0: you you know what you did? We'll Franklin well. <laughs> Albert that lives on one, two, three, six Albuquerque Avenue in yeah. Huntsville, Alabama.
1: You know what you did, Marianne Williamson. Candidate for Democratic president. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to see you on the other side of this break. We'll be right back. This world is a peaceful one. Plains, mountains, swamps, pines. Cicadas sing. Rivers flow. Magic thrums through the air. And all of it's surrounded by a single, massive wall. As ancient as history itself. So, you know, not that ancient. Thanks for the loss, prehistoric ain't all that long ago. Oh well. Life is good, and assuming you don't
0: mind the looming thread of a mysterious, skeletal society.
1: Side character quest. A D&D adventure, one player at a time. Some worlds need a hero. This one? Eh, might need a bit more than that. So let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, okay. Here's one, uh, Marianne Williamson or Metal Gear Solid. War has changed. Our time has ended. Our war is over. But there's one more thing I must do. One last punishment I must endure. Erase my genes. Wipe the meme from this earth. This is my final mission.
0: I'm pretty sure that's Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> yes,
1: absolutely. Solid.
0: That's that's from uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, right?
1: Absolutely. From I don't know, actually that's from Metal Gear Solid 4.
0: Oh, is that from Metal Gear Solid 4? Okay, because I know I know Metal Gear Solid but, a both meme four story. and both four and Revengeance talks about memes and genes.
1: Yep, yep, yep. It sure does we've done it before deep inside hidden in our cultural dna we have the potential to rise up as we've risen up in times past this play isn't over it's just the beginning of the third act
0: it sounds like marianne williamson
1: is it it is <laughs>
0: yeah goddamn i'm good well it the is. problem is i i know a fair amount about metal gear solid so i'm i'll, yes, I'll get i'll get the metal gear solid <laughs> quotes and if it doesn't sound like metal gear solid it's probably marianne williamson
1: oh my god let me see there's there was definitely one in here. In school, I also learned that peace is an unnatural state for human society and that war is a constant threat to our relationship with others. So to achieve peace, we have to create it ourselves. Crying about it won't bring it about or make it last. Each one of us must go and seek it out. I think that's Marianne Williamson. Uh, no. No. No, <laughs> that's this is the one I got wrong because it definitely <laughs> sounds like something an actual person would say and not something H- Hideo. Yeah, Kojima no, that wrote definitely doesn't Tuesday. sound like Kojima Ray. <laughs> yeah, um, this is not a quote from Marianne Williamson. It is a quote from Paz Ortega um, Andare. A cipher agent who infiltrated the Militares Sans Frontiers during the Peace Walker incident. Well, that's in the seven.
0: problem. It's from Peace Walker. I didn't yeah, play from Peace from Walker. Walker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no one really played Peace Walker. They just kind of consumed it through a YouTube channel.
0: Uh, so in the second half of this show, we normally talk about the news. Yes. you wanna?
1: We're going to get into the news. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. Um, hope you enjoyed that
0: little cold up and we tried something a little different.
1: I love... Listen... I love Marianne.
0: (laughs) And I love a good cold open.
1: And I love Metal Gear Solid. And also, yes, me too. Cold opens? Hell yeah. What is this? SNL? Um, Let's get to the news stories. Bungie has won a lawsuit against a Romanian national by the name of Mihai Claudio Florentin, the person behind the software Veteran Cheats. Players were buying the software for use in Destiny 2 bungie's only video game bungie requested roughly 12 million 12 million in damages uh, that has now been granted by the court in the lawsuit bungie claimed that claudio Florentin developed and sold the software and caused significant harm to their game and quote unquote un undermined the experience of legitimate players the court also banned Claudio Florentin from doing anything in the future that would violate Bungie's copyright. The veteran cheats website remains and is still in use, but there are no longer any Destiny 2 cheats to be found.
0: Yeah, and I actually did take a look at the website um, when it was announced that they had won the lawsuit, just out of curiosity. And yeah, like they're they're still running cheats for basically every other game under the sun that you can imagine, including um, I saw stuff for Apex Legends Mobile. <laughs> Fascinating, Which actually. is interesting, given I'm pretty sure it shut down, right? Um, yeah, it shut down three it? days ago. See, I wonder how up to
1: date this this person keeps their website. Um, I mean, it's it, it has on there Genshin Impact cheats coming soon. Like Genshin Impact has been yeah. out for a while. Have you not figured it out yet? Um, Final Fantasy 14 hacks coming soon. It's again, this is an old game now. <laughs> This game has been out for a decade. Do you know what they are yet? What are the hacks? (laughs) Get get to work. Um, I don't know. I I guess the reason why I brought this up is the same reason why uh, we'll be talking about um, The Legend of Zelda later. Um, There seems to be a boldness both on part of the... Companies that run these games and also the players, quote unquote, to do like some real head ass stuff lately.
0: So, the line in the ground for most of these companies has been whether or not the people who are running whatever is making money off of them. Mm. Um, in this case, Veteran Cheats, I'm pretty sure they were selling the cheats, they weren't just giving them away oh, out of the kindness true. of their hearts, which mm-hmm. is usually why it gets there. Um, in other instances, um, like not too long ago, when Nintendo threw the book at that dude who was distributing ROMs on his website, he was mm-hmm. also selling stuff, which was what Nintendo took contention with. And in in the end, that's what people end up getting bopped for—not outright doing these things. Although Bungie and other companies have also tried to shut down cheat makers generally, but like most people aren't making cheats out of the kindness of their heart. Most of them are being sold. That's the that's the major issue here. Um, but also, it does ruin the integrity of the multiplayer experiences that people are trying to enjoy, which is a big part of why you know cheap prevention also exists and why accounts get banned when you're cheated. You're not just you're not just slapped with a stick and said, "Hey, don't do that again." You get banned. You they don't come back.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. I am. Um, I'm always kind of fascinated by people who, especially in in the world of uh, post post. Uh, um, dark souls where you know we got the get good thing going on huh. that people are very brazen about still you know hacking and cheating and stuff in in their games um i guess i'm very confused by the idea of paying for cheats well in it's because people already paid for
0: aren't interested in getting good they're just interested in winning <laughs> yeah i guess so. regardless of whether or not they are good or not <laughs> That's that's where the issues start.
1: That seems to be the uh, quintessential Mm humanistic point is I just want to win. I don't care how. Yeah. Even in video games, which have. That's why people cheat little little going on i remember
0: when i was like 14 years old actually i did try to cheat in a video game one time (gasps) um yeah i know (laughs) shame on me um it was it was guns the duel and it was i I didn't i didn't even even, the thing is i wasn't really interested in cheating for the sake of cheating i just wanted to see what it took and if i could yeah and the moment I loaded it up, my account immediately got a three day ban. Nice. <laughs> like, like the cheat detection found it perfectly. There was, there was no That's concern about good. it. And, and um, I actually got really upset. I like made a post on the forums. I was like, I'm sorry, I'll never cheat again. And they were like, Dude, your your account's gonna be unbanned in like three days. Just chill, don't yeah. do it again. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> it was so play
1: uh, the other the other game on Guns the Duels website. What's that gonna be? I can't remember. What else did Mate Entertainment make? Uh oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Good question. uh Area games. What what were they on? Uh, so
0: Guns Duel was made by... Echo of yeah. the Soul. <laughs> My
1: Twin Saga, I remember that one. Ooh, I think Twin that was Saga. by them.
0: Did you just, like, unlock and...
1: I think I remember... I think no, oh, I didn't play this game. Aria did um Fear Online and uh Dream of Mirror online. Domo is a great game. If you yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that game still exists. Go play Domo.
0: <laughs> Domo.
1: Domo, Dream of Mirror online. It is absolutely like ridiculous and silly and mm, okay. con- uh, con- mistranslated to hell, but it is great. Ooh. It is super super great. Um I think they did Grand Fantasia too um i remember Creed definitely giving some
0: proto genshin impact vibes
1: yeah 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 um all the things we love about genshin impact definitely is in like dream of mirror <laughs> all the area games um even in like Mobanogi and mm. nexon games you'll find it in there um I can definitely sympathize by the way with trying to cheat for guns the duel, because yeah,
0: that game is fucked up. that
1: game had a high skill skill ceiling like b fly b
0: flies is like some hand breaking shit, like I don't is. know why anybody would willingly do that to themselves. I tried
1: it's super difficult, but i I get it I get it um I think the only cheats I've ever used are the ones like l one r one squares triangle stuff like for for grand Theft Auto or something like that um I actually vaguely remember using them for Max Payne after Mm. a while, too, because some parts in Max Payne 1, especially, are very difficult if you don't have, like, a ton of weapons to shoot people with.
0: That's fine, though. It's like single-player. It's, you know, cheating in a single-player video game is nothing.
1: Yeah. It's like, okay, who's going to know? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Who
0: am I hurting?
1: Who am I hurting? Uh, Unlike Mihai Claudio Florentine, nobody. Um, I can't imagine having to pay any company $12 million in damages, but here we go.
0: Obviously, he's almost certainly not going to have the $12 million, so what they usually do is they just garnish paychecks for the rest of your life. That's basically how it works.
1: Which is, again, awful.
0: Yeah, it's pretty (laughs) fucked up. Imagine having to do that. Um, Your turn. Hey, okay. Uh, Discord is changing the rules and finally getting rid of discrimination, which seems like it's a really long time coming, but better, you know what? No, I misread that. Discord is getting rid of discriminators. That is the four digits after most Discord user handles. Co-founder Stanislav Vinicevsky explained that the current system has become a little too unwieldy. I guess, as more and more people use Discord. So now, instead of the discriminator number, Twitter will or Discord will soon take the Twitter approach of making users choose a username that will have an at symbol attached to it and a display name, which is free to be whatever the user chooses including can include emojis, a variety of letters and styles, and so on. The support article referencing this change says it will being, begin in the coming weeks, and users will be notified when it is time for them to choose a new handle. Discord is trying to become a fucking social media platform. God damn it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, it's
0: it's so transparent where they're trying to go with this. It's think, I'm annoyed.
1: I think people upset about this specific change might be projecting their other uh issues with Discord onto yeah. this one. Um Discord it seems has been falling out of favor with folks who have ditched skype for discord about Mm. uh maybe eight or nine years ago now um so so there seems to be like people who are um i don't want to say needlessly upset but very upset for about about this specifically um i think it's you're i think you're right in that it's at least annoying that they're trying to be this very social media type um thing now
0: well, it just seems to signal to me that I think I think what is happening. Um, maybe I'm maybe I'm over analyzing it, but it it feels to me like Discord is trying to position itself in a direction where it can eventually become a social media platform. If that feels like reading too far into the future, maybe or just trying I, to overanalyze it, know. but
1: I don't but I don't think it's wrong. Yeah, because it, it feels it, like something.
0: It feels, cause, cause the biggest thing this change does is it it creates more potential for discoverability of individuals. Yes. Um. It feels like the end result of this, the the end game of this, would be a Skype-like public directory. Yes. Right. Uh. Because um. The reason you would do something like this is to make it easier to add people. And it wasn't really hard to add people on Discord in the first place. Mm-mm. The only reason you would need to do this is if you needed to be able to add people that you weren't in direct contact with. Right. The blog post that they that they made stated that the reason that they're doing this was for ease of adding people that you know but it's not hard to add people on discord there's no there's no barrier being removed here by doing this not a significant one maybe it's a little bit more awkward to manage this versus say just having a username but yeah. like other platforms have done this. Bnet's done right. this for God knows how long, and you know you're not having any issues adding people in World of Warcraft. Yeah, that is—is it really such a major concern that you're not able to that that it's it's slightly harder to add people? That you have to completely readjust the system. That if it, it, There has to be, in my opinion, some other reason they're doing this beyond the stated reasons of ease of use. Yeah, and I don't disagree with that.
1: Um, simply because I think if you take the moment that they introduced like public servers to... like, your Discord app, right? Like, if you scroll Mm. all the way to the bottom Mm -hmm. of all of your 99,000 servers, you can find then explore public servers and then you can go to those public servers if you so choose. And there's also student hubs and things like that that you can start making. So it makes sense what you're saying, right? Like, Mm. you can now not only discover public servers, but, like, if you know someone's handle on Twitter, you can probably guess what their handle is going to be on Discord as well.
0: It's like my my username across pretty much anything that isn't social media is Bonzi77. Yep. And you look me up on Discord, it's gonna be bonzi 77 like I'm gonna be up front right now. I, I don't really care that much personally. It's it's gonna it's gonna be an issue for other people, but like my my name on Skype on, on Discord is Bonzi77. That's not gonna change when this changeover happens. Yep. Unless somebody snipes my username. Because, hey, by the way, the way they're rolling this out is really fucking awful. Um, the, um, they stated in the post, whatever, that, that older users would get first notifications and priorities on this. But there have been multiple posts on Twitter of people saying that their alts, which were made in, like, 2022, have been getting the changeover before p- accounts that were made in, like, 2019. Right. So whatever rollout they're doing isn't working correctly, and so I'm worried that there's going to be a lot of name sniping and impersonation because of this.
1: Yeah, and I mean, having having seen that happen on Twitter, I'm sure that that's uh, definitely going to be happening pretty soon. Um, I'm sure we'll see very prominent uh, gamers, Twitter users, etc., kind of complaining that, uh, hey, I'm not a, I can't be this guy on your platform because someone. I guess maybe a fan <laughs> took yeah. my name already. Um I could I can definitely see that happening. Um I and I I don't quite understand like why now, you know? Um yeah. if you foresaw your platform getting huge to begin with, um why not start that way? I guess it, it it seems weird to go backwards.
0: Yeah, this this feels like a step in the opposite direction of what you would normally expect. To be like, hey, our platform has gotten so big that people tend to and might have overlapping usernames, and so for added simplicity, people can set their username to whatever they want. But we need to add a discriminator so that people can do that. That would make sense to me. I'd be like, right. all right, yeah, sure. You've you've given people more freedom to choose whatever names they want with this, you know, maybe very slightly cumbersome but completely understandable caveat. But now you've, you've just you've made the the um the you've made the um, personal ability of your of your platform more difficult for the sake of a marginal gain in usability. I guess I I just don't get it.
1: Yeah. Um. But I mean, taking them at their word, I guess I I don't know what the Discord backend looks like. I don't know what people working at or on Discord are seeing, so yeah. fingers crossed that they're being up front. Um, good luck to everyone who is trying to get their name. Um I'm hoping that no one is like, hey, you know who Commie I feel Jace like gaming impersonating <laughs> Comedy Jace gaming? I'm not Comedy Jace gaming on Twitter right now or excuse me on Discord right now, mm. but like when the change happens I that that's the plan. <laughs> so um we we shall certainly see what goes on Uh, for our final story the latest Legend of Zelda game The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is having a rocky release Uh, the game technically has not released and does not release until May 12th however physical copies of the game have also begun to appear and have been shipped and delivered uh, to some buyers already. Some copies are even popping up on online marketplaces. Um, However, what is most concerning are the leaked copies of the game spreading across the internet and on streams, on Twitch, and Discord. Uh, Most of the pirated copies seem to be coming from 4chan. No no, no surprise. um And there also now seems to be a Steam Deck.
0: No copies, way, a major popular uh, game, game broke Street well. Date. That's never happened before. Crazy! I
1: breaking Street Date is one thing, but like the incredible, like the speed at which it leaked, um and the speed at which it's been on streams.
0: Uh, um, that's, not, I think that's pretty good. It's new. not really. Um, this kind of happens new. with really, really big releases for Nintendo games, especially since they're so easy to pirate relative to other consoles. Yeah. Um, Smash Ultimate was a really big one. Really? Um, actually, <laughs> I, I, maybe I shouldn't admit this, but whatever. Um, we actually had a copy of Smash Ultimate two weeks before it came out because we had a hacked Switch. <laughs> yeah, we were able to download it off the internet and play it two weeks before wow. it came out. And, uh, i think oh yeah no i actually wow. did the same thing with breath of the wild as well i did i i yeah i actually got breath of the wild on the wii u like a week and a half before it came out yeah but um th- 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 this is not a new thing especially not for Amazing. nintendo games nintendo <laughs> games especially are just like notoriously easy to pirate relative to other consoles um
1: I've been able to, like, I there there used to be a uh, game mm. shop, 231st Street in the Bronx. Um, it was a little indie shop, No, you know, some, some guy ran it, he loved video games, but he would always have yeah. new releases out, like, a week before they were supposed to come out, and I would always go there and pre-order, um, you know, any kind of Nintendo game or mm. Pokemon or anything like that, because I wanted to be ahead of everyone else, so I knew he would have it. So that doesn't seem
0: that is um,
1: uncommon or weird to me, right? There's a lot of retailers that seem to want to get it out the no, door. No, that's actually pretty bad because um, if your not distributor
0: catches wind to that, they can just straight up stop selling to you. Yeah, there there are like certain agreements and stuff that can you can actually get in trouble for that with the companies. Yeah, so that's actually that's doing actually so much pretty today. surprising to hear that a store is just brazenly doing that.
1: Oh yeah, I th- I th- I no. thought it was like, of course if you go to a small uh-uh. retailer they're going to be like yeah no, here's your game that's not a thing <laughs> give me your money <laughs> fascinating
0: you but might want to you might want to redact that New City baby the address from the podcast just in case oh, <laughs> oh okay. I
1: I that store's not there anymore I went back home once and I was like yeah, well, where's why? the cool store that had the games that I liked for crimes gone <laughs> for crimes um. <laughs> Um, I I don't know. I think it's I, I mean on one hand like I'm not gonna say pirate video games yeah but I don't enjoy capital. Now
0: for these much, big big so, releases like this um, you know, do what you want. I I, I, ha- I haven't done it for this one. I will I'll be fully open. But um, what I've done is if I'm very 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 excited about a game and I'm very impatient and it gets leaked early, I'll pirate it, and then when it comes out, I'll just buy it when it actually comes out.
1: Sure, yeah, right. Um, Because then it's slightly less illegal. Yeah. (laughs) Or not illegal at all, because you own it. Um, I guess I am shocked by the leak part, especially because of what we spoke about earlier, like with Nintendo especially, um, over recent years and months, months and years, just really making people pay out the nose for...
0: I want to reiterate, the the big issue was the fact that people were making money off of this. So if somebody was, like, maybe selling a copy of Tears of the Kingdom, like you know some of those online distributors Mm. might be that might be where they could run into some trouble or you know any stores that broke street date that could they could run some trouble for that um any place that just like happens to incidentally upload the game especially once it comes out the worst that'll probably happen is it'll get dmca'd um if they really want to bring the hammer down they could certainly do some lawsuit stuff but it's probably unlikely to happen unless somebody is trying to resell the game illegally Yeah, Still no, I agree. I'm not. I'm not slightly. saying. I'm not saying it's not messed up. It slightly. definitely is. But,
1: um, it just feels.
0: It. It. It also.
1: I mean. Even knowing the risk, I guess right. Like even knowing that, like, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not selling it, so I should be fine. Even knowing that, I feel like I would be like, never mind. This is, I, I found this out by accident. I found How? out that I could download the game early by accident, and it's my secret, and it's going to the grave. Like I don't think I could share that with people. It feels, um, it feels like I'm t- testing fate, I guess, in a way. Mm. Um, and I, that, which is, I guess my surprise with people, um, who, who have the, (laughs) uh, let's say gonads to just go Mm. ahead and do something like that. Um, but yeah, I guess no one will get certainly not the individuals individuals, and especially not the individuals who are downloading it Um, and playing
0: early. They, they don't really chase down those people. They focus on the people who are just reading it.
1: Well, uh, for everyone else who uh, is not uh, getting the game early and are still waiting another one week, week from before or one for week from yesterday, um, yeah, um, I will be I'm getting a physical it. Copy
0: Oh, game uh, going back, so, one more game that I forgot to talk about that I've been playing this week: uh, fucking Mega Man Battle Network. <laughs> oh, Hello. Yeah, just to uh, just just to bring it back to the beginning. Yeah, I, oh really? So that's fun. Fun, ba- fun Paul backstory. Um when I used to watch Saturday morning cartoons as a kid they did like those giveaways every once in a while and uh when the Mega Man Battle Network anime was on one of sure. the giveaways they did for like one of their Mega Mega stuff Saturday giveaways or whatever um was they did a giveaway for Mega Man Battle Network white and Mega Man Battle Network um blue the third one and um I actually won the sweepstakes and I got the game for free mm-hmm. Yeah, it just showed up in the mail one day. I was like, what the fuck? Amazing. Yeah, I, I won it. And I got it like three months after I signed up for the sweepstakes. Yeah. Very cool. I'm very excited to get actually it, uh, play it. I, I beat the first game, war. which I I understand why people say to skip it. I think it's fine. It's a little tedious, but it's. I've played worse. But uh, I do get why people say to skip it. The other games, in comparison, are significantly better.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm
1: fascinating. <laughs> Paul Loire for your ears today. Um, I've never won anything in my life. That's not true, but I, I certainly have never entered a game suit stakes and been like, oh, I got, here it is. I got it. And I know I've entered them because I enter everything because I want to win something for once in my life. Um... Speaking Uh, of Apollo, though, um, there's other gaming history uh, that we're going to talk about right now. This week in gaming history, where we take substantial events and releases and we just kind of, you know, shoot the shiz about them. Uh, April 30th, here's a good one. Earthworm Jim releases for MS-DOS 4 uh, in 1996, making it 27 years old now. Uh, the first Resident Evil re- uh, remake comes out for GameCube, Didn't released 20 did make Earthworm
0: Jim end up being a huge piece of shit? Uh, I'm going to double check that just to make sure I'm Is not that just true? slandering some dude. I'm not sure I'd... Let's make sure, you're, hold on. you
1: slandering a man. Doug Tenapple and David later Perry. An I'm We're sure done these people it. are actually, maybe. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: let's see. Earthworm Jim. I don't know. Oh, fun, fun tidbit I didn't know, I guess. Rockstar Games, technically, uh, is Earthworm Jim adjacent. So that's cool.
0: Um, yeah, and Apple. he's like personally. highly transphobic. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is he?
1: What a pity, you made Earthworm Jim. Arguably a good game. Um, too bad. Oh, or is Possibly. A G- yeah, Dugton Apple.
0: Um, or Tenaple, whatever. Anyway, he's um, actually not involved with Earthworm Jim anymore, apparently. So.
1: But he made oh, Earthworm Jim NFTs. You suck, man. <laughs> this man sucks. Um, nah. Resident Evil doesn't suck though, it's kinda great. And the remake was great, um, for the GameCube. Uh very nostalgic, but also very new mm. in its own right. And it kind of rewrote the lore in a way. So very cool, very cool, very cool. Uh May first, Lucasfilm Games founded in nineteen eighty-two. Uh May first. Castlevania was we owe Lucasfilm
0: Games in general. Uh God. <laughs>
1: their first actual Lucasfilm-related game would not come out for many years. Um, Their game library is actually really robust. Like, they were making things that kind of look like they could be Star Wars. Like, their first game is called Ballblazer. And it's like a first-person spaceship shooter type thing. Um, except instead you're playing like sports (laughs) like basketball and soccer and so it's like it paved the way for I think their first um,
0: actual like like, adventure game was probably uh, Maniac Mansion yeah and uh, that just sort of I think so broke the yeah, mold on a so. lot of what games could be narratively like text adventures were carrying oh, yeah. that standard bearer were the standard bearer for that for a while. And then maniac mansion came along and just blew it all out of the water. That was on the, uh, the Amiga and Apple II and DOS and yeah. all that. And just, Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: it was very, very, uh, formative. And then, ah, yeah. uh, Indiana Jones and the last crusade, the game, would come out in 1989 Um, and that's really the first Lucas um, thing that you get. And then Star Wars, the game would not come out until 1991. Yeah, Monkey Island, 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 Sam and Max, right?
0: Uh, No, I'm wrong. Sam and Max um, is Old Telltale, I think. No, no, it's not. Oh God, I'm totally blanking yep. on my ancient, oh. <laughs> ancient lore uh, on my old lore. Uh, Sam and Max films. hit the road. That was Lucas Arts. yes. Not Luke, yeah. Oh, really? Lucas films Arts, formerly known as. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 Then I, I thought I was right. I was like, wait a minute. No, I'm pretty sure I got that That's one. That's
1: interesting. Uh, yeah. Sam and Max. I didn't know that actually. That's cool. Uh, do do. What else we got? Uh, May second. Uh, 2000, Excite by ah, is released for the Nintendo 64. Never played excited it. Excited Bicycle. <laughs> Never, yeah, me neither. Uh, May 3rd, the GameCube finally hit shelves in Europe alongside Luigi's Mansion and a game called Wavering is a game that I've played.
0: I have played it more than any other game on the GameCube significantly. I used to speed run it.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah.
0: For like a year and a half. Oh, that's
1: true. You did. I got pretty good at Luigi's great. Mansion.
0: Um, I still remember my time. It was a 107.45. I could beat the game in about an hour and some change. I was pretty good at it. Not the best, but pretty good.
1: Pretty good at yeah. Luigi's Mansion. Pretty good. Good enough ah, to speedrun.
0: Luigi's Mansion's I easy. He's got another route.
1: I'm not good at speed. I'm not good at speedrunning. <laughs> Uh, May 4th, uh, May the 4th, uh, Red Dead Revolver releases for the Xbox and PlayStation 2 in 2004, and surprisingly, somehow, the only Star Wars game to release on May the 4th is Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith for DS, Game Boy Advance, PS2, and Xbox in
0: 2005. <laughs> it's a, it's, I think it's kind of a shame they didn't release Star Wars Jedi Survivor today. I mean, it came out last week. They yeah. could have just waited a week and done the it, funny it number.
1: Seems they could not have done the funny number. The the to be fair the way that that game has gone with its release, I guess I get it. In what way? Uh, oh, yeah, I heard the performance n- no is pretty bad on release. release. Not a, not a great release.
0: Yeah.
1: Needed a lot of patches and stuff. But um if you think about it, now Yay, that it's been it. patch, May the 4th be with you, released today. Congratulations, yeah. Um, may 5th, Wolfenstein, 3D releases 31 years ago in 1992. Wolfenstein The Old Blood releases mm-hmm. on PC in some very recent uh, history, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. In of two course, Wolfenstein, I
0: don't think necessarily the first first-person shooter, but it was definitely the first no, big
1: one. <laughs> yes, very formative alongside Doom. Um, and was uh, during a time where we truly thought uh-huh. it was okay to do bad things to Nazis.
0: Yeah, who can say? Who now can say it if it's, we don't if know. it's bad we just to don't know. beat the shit out of a Nazi? Really? Who yeah. knows God, by who now?
1: Say. It's just yeah. a mystery. 31 years mm-hmm. ago, we knew. Uh, how old am I? Fault. 30? Hmm. Strange.
0: <laughs> the best Mario Party game.
1: Mario Party 3 for the Nintendo 64. Arguably. 22 years ago. 2001. EVE Online 20 years ago. I,
0: I, I, tw- I've played nearly every single Mario Party game, and I still think Mario Party 3 is the best. Um, the item system Mario was Party. fun and dynamic. You weren't yeah. just limited to one. Um, the mini games were good. Yeah. You yeah. could literally yeah, blank the, the mini games were good and not controller breaking like in Fantastic. 1 and 2. Um I don't think there were any repeated mini games from 1 and 2. It was all <laughs> new mini games. Um and just the game balance was generally better. I think it's I think Mario Party 3 is unquestionably the best. Mario Party 2 I think makes a good case, but Mario Party 3 is just so goddamn good. Mhm. Yeah, yeah.
1: Very very good um all right we are at the end of the show so as always uh paul can you please give us a recommendation which well, game should we um, be playing I guess or be on the my recommendation
0: would probably be, um, since Tears of the Kingdom is coming out in a week, uh, if you haven't played it yet, Breath of the Wild is a fantastic mm. game. Um, it, it's looking to shape up, at least based on what I've seen, that Tears of the Kingdom is going to be a sequel in every sense of the word. Um, it is just going to be a continuation, both in terms of themes and gameplay, of Breath of the Wild. So, if you haven't played it, I very, very strongly suggest checking it out. Break out your Switch and or Wii U. <laughs> as needed to play it and uh and mm-hmm. enjoy it have a good time and be ready as for the needed. game to come out next week.
1: Yeah, in the same vein, um if you haven't uh just pick up a fighter and get ready for both Street Fighter 6 and We Tekken don't know when Tekken 8 is coming out yet. Almost right next to each other. Um No. We do. As far we as don't. I know,
0: there has not been a release did. window announced for Tekken 8 google
1: hang on i want to look yeah no nah. real quick still even still do it anyway <laughs> um I, yeah no you're right there's no release date um it said early 2023 Steam's but just says coming ha- soon has passed and nothing as far else. as i'm concerned so uh, so tekken 8 is coming out this year most likely uh street fighter it's coming out in like a month and is changed. coming out in june um so yep so you've got mm-hmm. a whole month to get good at some Street Fighter Five or any other fighting game um, and, and get good in those and then jump into Street Fighter. Um, get into it. There's a character creator and a demo out right now. And I will and say, you can make some pretty Street Fighter Six control, is on so. the
0: um, the RE engine, the, uh, the engine they use for Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 8. And that engine is mad yes. optimized for PC. Mm-hmm. So if you can play Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 8 yeah, on PC or really yeah, like yeah. any game that was made in the last... Made made up to five years ago. Your computer can probably run Street Fighter Six. It's it's a very optimized game. Yeah, yeah they're totally. just they're three Massive forearms. He's just got two clubs attached. Too, to those, just to those, too um, big for to his those meat hammers. He's got going there. Oh yeah, that's where My he hides the sand for sandblast. Sand yeah, sandblast. Sand
1: that's where he hides the sand, in his meaty forearms. Um. And finally, to finish off this episode, please let us know where we sure, can find you yeah. on the For the internet. time being,
0: you can find and you me at Paul's Rockin' Twit on Twitter or at Paul's Workin' Twit if you are interested in finding me talking about more. Uh, Game development QA related stuff. You can also find me over on Mastodon at um shrike dot club forward slash at Pauls Rocket because I don't know how to spell. And as always you can find me over at twitch TV forward slash Bonzy77, where lately I've been streaming more fighting games. I've been showing off my uh e Honda to the masses, and uh hopefully if that interests you, uh, you can come check that out and watch. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Perfect. Alright, as always, you can find me at Gaming on Twitter, and you can find the Weekly Cooldown as well on Twitter at WKCooldown. Be sure to visit the Weekly Cooldown. No, don't go there. Visit WKCooldown.com for more news and other episodes. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Podge, really? so you can leave reviews on Spotify now, I believe, if you're on mobile. Um, if you can't, just like the show on Spotify. It, that also helps. Um, just, you know, trick Al Gore into giving me some rhythm. Um, be sure to check out the links in the description, including, of course, our humble bundle for this week. And remember that you can support your favorite charities and support this show. Our logo and art is done by Corgi and follow Corgian on Twitter. D-O-G-H-O-U-S-C-C-O-R-G-I-A-N. Corgian on Twitter. Our intro music is done by Riki. Find Riki on Twitter at dog underscore noise. D-O-G underscore N-O-I-S-E.
0: I'm Paul, Sega That's Freak for Henderson.
1: Down. I'm Kami Jay's. Bye bye. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.